Hello, hello, everybody. This is No Chick Click Moments, and I am your co-host, Remy. Hi, Remy. I'm your other co-host, B. And this is our Supernatural Watchcast. And, oh, I didn't say hi, B. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. That's really good. You don't really have to say hi. I'm like, why do I keep saying hi each time? I know we were talking before this recording. We, 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 we have a rhythm and I like it. We, That's fair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hi. And this is our Supernatural <laughs> Watchcast. Did you know, B? <laughs> I'm so ready for tonight. <laughs> Because tonight, <laughs> tonight, to- I'm throwing off this rhythm. I'm sorry. We are no, no, it's okay. <laughs> what rhythm? <laughs> Did I say rhythm? Pshaw, pshaw. Uh, yes, tonight we are talking about season fifteen, episode eleven, "The Gamblers." And I had to like double check. I'm like, it's gamblers plural. Yeah, gamblers plural. Yeah, yeah. Not just Sam and Dean, but everybody at Laureline's. 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 With the, the red first thing fish. I did as soon as I saw the place was called that was just start singing Dolly Parton's Jolene with <laughs> Laureline instead. Laureline. I I was like. I see a red fish. What's the red herring mean? I'm see. Okay, like seriously though. Seriously though, we. I know. I feel like we gotta talk like about the concept of luck. Like yes, I I feel like before we get into this episode, we gotta. I mean, should we do? Hey, director. Hey, writers, and then do this, or should we just do it right fucking now? This is all the episode, baby. Where I. I am, I mean, we we talked about it at length in our after talk on Patreon, but the short version of it is I really wish we were leaning into, hey, you guys are now being minorly inconvenienced by everyday life rather than it's bad luck and we want to have good luck. Yeah, yeah. And, and I came into this ep- episode with... A very specific expectation of how we were going to resolve this, and mm-hmm. and we didn't really go in that direction, but but I'll just say that to see Laura Leans with the red herring over the sign, I was like, well, duh, but <laughs> mm-hmm. eyes emoji on that one. Like, guys, you're obviously looking in the wrong place here, but I don't know. We we'll we'll, we'll go through the episode and um, get to it when we get to it, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. And, but at first, uh, this was an episode written by David Perez and Meredith Glynn, and it was directed by Charles Beeson. Charles Beeson's back. Mm. I really liked what he did with The Rupture, like episode three of this season. Yeah. And I really like how the episode was shot this week, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, I, I loved the music in this episode, and I, and I liked the uh, cinematography. So yes, people are going to start to think like I actually don't know how to say that word. So just- I prefer <laughs> cinematography. It gets the element like connotation versus denotation. We're carrying a lot more meaning when we say cinematography because it emphasizes we don't know shit. 
<laughs> we don't know Jack when it comes to that. But we like but, it. But we like it when we see yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, just as a sidebar, but Dean mentioned, like, the whole Paul Newman, The Hustlers, like the 1961 mm-hmm. movie. And so I went and looked up and watched a couple of the key scenes. And I'm like, how different the filming style, the way that we carry story is 60 years later. Because the way that they demonstrated the pool game was taking some time was literally cutting to a clock. And then the clock is like, tick, tick, fucker. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. So anyways, Charlie Beeson, thank you for making this really engaging. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Man, you're going to have to send me those uh, YouTube links. I I I had a brief moment. I was like, what's Paul Newman again? Like, what's this hustler? I'm like, okay, so this is a rumored bisexual actor, and he's playing a game where he is a small town hustler trying to make it big. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, my brain's not making any parallels there. It's... <laughs> It's fine. It's its own thing. And I'm getting scattered in ahead of myself. Hello. Uh, hi. Hi. What's the description for this episode? <laughs> Welcome back, V. Thank no. you. The description I'll try and- for... No, please do not. Because honestly, like I had two tabs open for The Hustler. And I just never got around to... I was too busy looking up, uh, Googling frantically for who is Pax Fortuna's son. Oh, I'm glad you did, because my two brain cells were on. Moira, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I couldn't even find him. I couldn't find him. But I do have some some other tidbits. Because uh, we were given a lot this episode. I didn't even have time. Holy fuck, yes. Uh, the, okay, sorry. The description for this episode reads... Uh, Sam and Dean press their luck in a winner-takes-all game of pool. Meanwhile, Castiel hunts down a would-be murderer, but not for the reasons one might think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember seeing that description involving Cass as part of this episode and being like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. A would-be murderer. Yeah. But, <laughs> psych. I don't know. I, I, I was... I... Yeah, when I was writing it down, I was like Brazilian woman with the with the <laughs> equations, the math symbols. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, this these are words. We will accept that they have meaning. <laughs> and 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 you know, me reading this description, I was and then seeing in the preview the Gregory, I I was really thinking okay who is Cass buddying up with this episode is it gonna are we going to see a nail again are we going to see claire if we're bringing yeah. in the gregory uh, uh, what is what is Cass's story so so i was you know i was thinking about it before we even saw where it was going yeah and i found it was actually a really refreshing take on it too but we'll get yeah? into that okay Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For this episode, we're starting off at a pool game that's happening between this gruff looking cowboy and a sweaty banker-esque type dude. Mm -hmm. And he's basically begging for a chance to win against the cowboy. Yeah. We see this cowboy running the table and, and, uh, you know, sweaty banker is, is nervous 
for some reason. Mm -hmm. Well, not for some reason. (laughs) We can assume that there is a lot on the line of this bull game. Yeah, because this cowboy guy, we find his name is Joey here because the banker dude's begging. Mm -hmm. Joey, no. But he's pulling no punches. He's calling the shot. He sinks the eight ball in this game and... We can see that this banker dude's looking a little bit defeated. And there's these two coins that are suspended above the table and one glows and then the other one goes blank. Yeah. And this is where our banker, Leonard, gets really desperate. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. And we give me a chance. Uh, Yeah. And like going so far to try and like hit Joey with the pool cue. Mm-hmm. Only to be stopped short by this uh, bouncer-esque kind of guy who uh, not none too gently ushers Leonard out of the bar and says, you know the rules. Sorry, you're out of luck. Yeah. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And so Leonard here, he tosses his blank coin away and he just kind of is walking backwards being (laughs) angry at Lurleen's and then he gets schmucked by a semi that's driving on the road and again we got some really juicy foley happening here it's more than i need (laughs) we're um really enjoying that this season aren't we I I do appreciate it. I feel <laughs> like it's the final season, and so they're like, let's just let's just have a little fun. Let's just wink a little bit at the camera with our <laughs> sound effects. But that's where we have our in media res. What's going on? Dun dun dun. And Title card back at the bunker. Yes, <laughs> and again, I don't know if we ever like got into the title card, but it's it's a thing. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I when I first saw it, I was like, "What on earth is that?" But then, of course, someone on Tumblr, frame by frame, um, yes, broke it down, and it's like, "Oh, season fifteen. Let's put fifteen seasons of shit in a, a, a literal <laughs> millisecond." For real, for real. <laughs> we can't talk about it because it's just, it's a thing. It's a lot. It's too much. It's <laughs> too much. Again, season 15, we're pushing it. Cass has returned home to the bunker, but it is empty. His calls for Sam and Dean are to no avail. And when he enters into the library, he finds a note on a piece of paper that is like, <laughs> hey, we've gone to Alaska. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. And Cass is just, Alaska? And again, if Lurleen makes me think Jolene, then Alaska, I'm like, the thought always ends with Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. Like, I was watching this with my brother and even he was like, Alaska Thunderfuck. So... I'm already fucked from the get-go. I'm sorry, Alaska what now? Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. She's a drag queen. She was in, like, season five of RuPaul, and she won season two... Season two of All Stars. And anyway, I fucking love her, and I can't (laughs) take the name Alaska seriously anymore because that's my association. So I'm like, they're going to Alaska. Okay, all right. The less you want to know. <laughs> well, we're going to Alaska. Yeah. 
And soon enough, we see Dean and Sam driving. Sam has his cell phone not muted. Uh, Okay, Boomer. Ah! He's texting a lot with Eileen, and even Dean's getting irritated with this chiming. Right, right. Uh, Sam's phone is going a-dinging, and uh, Dean says, you know, silent mode is a thing. Sam, uh, oh, sorry. But Dean says, so how's Eileen? Mm-hmm. And she's skeptical of their plan. Mm-hmm. And we can see even Sam's having doubts. Yeah. That, you know, if we can even find this place, is luck even our problem? Yeah, maybe she's right, Dean. Oh, we've been on the road for how long? For a maybe? I, I don't know about this. But Dean is saying, you know what? We have to do this. We need this. We've got no credit cards, car trouble, the constant freaking heartburn. I can't handle this. <laughs> and, and yeah, like more luck couldn't hurt them. Yeah, yeah. Sam is saying, you know, is this even what we need? And Dean's like, well, it couldn't hurt. So. Yeah, and not only that, but if this is Chuck attacking them like chuck is intentionally weakening weakening them and if chuck comes back sometime in the future comes a knock in on the bunker's door then what the hell are they going to do so what choice do they have they don't have any other solutions besides maybe this one yeah yeah i did kind of appreciate uh sam at the top here, bringing up the question on, you know, this is a big maybe, and we're making a lot of assumptions, and is luck even what we're looking for? What can we expect when we get there? This, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, that Dean is right himself in saying if we don't do something, if we don't chase down every lead, I mean, we don't stand a chance. Win yeah, Chuck. Yeah, our, our fate's going to be decided for us yes when chuck comes for us yeah yeah so we get a sense that there's not a lot of optimism going on there Hmm. but it's definitely dean who's carrying the glass half full side of the conversations yes then back at the bunker, we see one of the fake FBI cell phones that Sam and Dean have is chiming, and Cass answers it, and he muddies his way through a conversation with Jeb Evans, who is a sheriff in Cushing, Oklahoma, calling about a homicide. Yeah, yeah. De- um, the sheriff Evans is uh, asking after an agent Watts, and Cass says, "No, this is Agent Lizzo." And that's another one that I meant to oh to God. look up. I was wondering if if Cass was making a fast association with the Watts by by saying Lizzo, or if there was not a connection there. But I di- I didn't I didn't get to look it up. I feel like it's another Beyonce one. Like I'm. <laughs> It made me think, I'm like, is Cass just sitting there listening to Truth Hurts over and over, like when he had his big fight with Dean, and it's just like, <laughs> why a man great till they gotta be great? <laughs> is Lizzo a, Beyon- a Beyonce thing? Lizzo is another great black artist. She is a huge singer. She's wonderful. And I just, again, I love the idea of Cass 
sitting there with a bowl of ice cream listening to Lizzo and being like, yeah, fuck me. Like, <laughs> I love the I love the idea of Cass forming his own, you know, taste on things. Music. Yes. Media. Yes, that's just it. Like, anytime that he's pulling his references, he's yeah. picking, like, Agent Aguilera, Agent Spears, Agent Beyonce, Agent Lizzo. So I'm like, he just likes listening to, like, the pop, the R&B stations, and, I mean, he'll tune in to classic rock if Dean's sitting in the car with him, but uh-huh. his own tastes are like, he's floating to whatever interests him, and I just I, I like that we constantly have that refrain with him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for being my pop culture guru there, because I just didn't know. I've never heard of Lizzo, so... Yeah. Um so 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 he he introduces himself as Agent Lizzo and uh Sheriff Evans is saying, "Well, we've got a suspected homicide over here and the uh suspect is we think one of yours and it, our file says that if we had any information on a Jack Klein to give you guys a call right away." Yeah, I liked that kind of detail because he said that this was a file the agent started last spring. And I'm like, well, what was last spring? It's like, was this maybe around the time when Jack like up and vanished and we had Sam and Dean and Cass worried because, you know, this is the aftermath of Mary's death. We have to find him. So I just kind of liked the thought that this played into that, that this file got open last spring because they were on the hunt for Jack. And this is just something that feeds into world building that we don't get to see, but we get to feel. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I wonder, you know, how that timeline does work out. Like, because I I don't know how long it's been. I don't, I don't know if it's been months or weeks since uh since everything happened with with the finale of season 14 yeah the timeline's always kind of crazy with supernatural because when we see the episodes we tend to be informed that it's the same time unless the episode is informing us it's the same day or whatever uh-huh. as the episode previous yeah so we get some some kind of goalposts like i think episode four was stated to be in november but beyond that it's just a crapshoot who the fuck knows (laughs) yeah man i need to make another calendar don't i i feel like the calendar will drive you mad it is a fool's errand (laughs) believe me it is it's a uh thing <laughs> one year in purgatory one year with lisa we're still in 2019 slash 2020 somehow it's fine yeah. we're all fine we're fine this is fine so as soon as Cass hears jack um he he takes a moment to be like jack is this is this really happening but Cass says yes tell me more and we cut yeah there. he just reels from it yeah and we as the audience we actually get to see before Cass sees that the sheriff who's speaking he's has the file open we see a picture of jack as he's saying it to Cass, and so we get to kind of react and then also experience 
Cass's reaction. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that that was a really clever move that was done with the cinnamon topography to just emphasize the gut punch that is, holy shit, is this Jack? Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, off the end of last episode when we saw Jack, our Jack, for the first time this entire season. Was it last episode or was it the one before? Um, It was the trap. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm always one off. You know this, B. So Yeah, it, it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just a foregone, you know, conclusion at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we we've been waiting for this for sure. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, cool. So he's a homicide suspect? Question the mark. Fuck. Question mark. Yeah. Back to Sam and Dean. They have pulled over for a last call at this cafe on their way up to Alaska. And it turns out Dean ate the last of their sandwiches, which just fucks their budget. (laughs) Sam. When Sam said earlier, like, well, if you changed your diet a bit, Dean just looks so betrayed. And then even here, he's like, fair. Okay. (laughs) I... I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, so you guys go into the cafe. You have a literal handful of change. It amounts to $4.60. Like, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. What is your plan for getting home? (laughs) If you guys weren't going to a pool hall, you'd need to find one to hustle stat. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And also, like... Dean is stopping at this uh at this diner because he says last call for food for the next few hundred miles. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god. And then we had Sam earlier that's like we've been on the road for how long? And Alaska's very large. I'm just like <laughs> They're adult-sized babies. They're, it's like we're normal now and we forget that like <laughs> we have to plan for this. I'm like, it, it's baffling. Again, it takes me back to the stresses that last week's episode gave to us, like that whole skills question yeah. that has kind of raised. I'm like, did they forget how to like, I'll be hungry in six hours and so I better pack a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, none of my credit cards work, but I assume uh, gas will happen somehow. Yeah, I I don't know. I sit there and I, it gives me anxiety to think that a handful of change and a lot of gumption is how they were heading north. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. But, uh, but, no. What what can we get for four sixty? And mm-hmm. and the waitress is is saying um, a piece of pie and a cup of coffee, and they said, yeah, two forks, please. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I I do like that Dean confirms that he's just been rocking the lactate life since last episode. <laughs> uh, Dean says, uh, man, I was really hoping for a cheeseburger. And Sam, you can't even eat cheese anymore, dude. But <laughs> Dean's got this. He's, again, he's got gumption. <laughs> he's not giving up his cheese, okay? No matter what nature says. And you don't know, respect. I don't think I would handle very well either. <laughs> but this waitress, she's so helpful. She's got so much exposition to give us. And we've eventually, like, 
the long and short of it is there's this urban legend of this magical pool hall. And if you win, you come back lucky, but no one comes back. Well, I read, I actually heard that as no one comes back lucky. Like, okay. Because she says, you know, legend has it that you go, you win, you come back lucky, except no one does. And, oh, I like that. Yeah. You know, the rumor is you'll win, you'll go in and you'll come back, um, you know, winning the lottery, except it never happens. So that's why it's just a legend. Okay. Yeah, because I took the no one comes back with the thought of the people who are there, you know, but I guess the people who are there have no luck, so they ain't leaving. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, you could read it both ways. I mean, uh, because we have seen... And I'm I'm Mm -hmm. leaning towards yours because they tell us Leonard is found, you know, that there's the accident. Yeah, yeah. And, And I assume they don't, like, sleep on the floor. (laughs) <laughs> in the bar they just I, do they live there <laughs> i i feel like because sam was so insistent on let these people go and i mean spoilers not spoilers she goes they can leave like yeah yeah i'm not holding them here so it felt to me maybe this is like a liminal space where sleeping is not really a concern anymore the people just genuinely well, yeah, yeah. I, that's probably just me taking things too literally because they go, they come back would make way more sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird place. And one of the first questions that we that we bring up there is are are you people trapped here? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, with Leonard, I mean, we saw Leonard die as soon as his luck ran out. So people go and they don't come back. It could it it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, Sam now saying, "Well, there's the catch. This is this is the other shoe." Yeah, and this doesn't sound like anything good. This sounds more like a demon deal. It sounds like witches. But Dean is still like, oh, like he's not convinced that they shouldn't give it a shot. Yeah, especially yeah, he hears, because yeah, yeah, he hears pool and his ears prick up. He's he says. It's it's pool. I mean, this is this is yeah. my game. This is our game. If I would bet on anything, it I would bet on my skill here. Exactly. So even with the kind of big downside of you don't come back mm-hmm. with the question mark around that, Dean goes, Yeah, but this is something we can do. Like it even is more in our favor because it's within our pool hall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, maybe they're not totally screwed and and Dean is again the glass half full guy here and he is bringing Sam around to it. Uh yeah. And just to highlight how much they very very much need this. We we see off in the back um the waitress is looking out the window. You, you guys driving Impala? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks like you got a flat. <laughs> and I feel like this constant assault on the Impala is like, okay, glass half full. Dean's just like, we gotta do something. <laughs> <laughs> we have to fix it. It does feel <laughs> pointed, doesn't it? 
it mm-hmm. it you know they they keep saying over and over again about you know normal average luck stuff like that but but this is this feels pointed this feels vindictive this doesn't seem like the normal person's unluckiness yeah and i mean i kind of sit there and i go well is it just the fact that you have a car that is over 50 years old (laughs) and you've driven it around the continent Mental U.S. for like a literal 40 years. I love that. I love that. No matter how Baby's showing her age. Baby's showing her age. And her miles. Aww. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anything, there's your motivation right there. It's that um, Maggie Simpson meme from... Homer Simpson's office where it's do it for her and it's just the impala all over it. And <laughs> Dean just like finger kisses that sign. He's like, we're doing this. We're fixing this. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you kill me, B. Um, I, cinnamon topography and metaphors. <laughs> I got two things plus the word gumption used way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> We have a quick scene with Cass, and he is reviewing footage that was sent to him by Sheriff Evans, and it is this local doctor, Serial, who is attacked in his office by Jack, and it turns out Jack ripped his heart out and then ate it? A question mark, question, question mark, mark, question mark? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Wait, are, are are we still here in the, is this Jack boat? Yeah. Like, are we supposed to question this is Jack or are we supposed to go, Jack, honey, what you doing? Yeah, because I was definitely on the ladder there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was not, I, I was never questioning whether or not it was Jack. I was very much just, what is this? What are you doing? I'm like, we've been waiting too long for Jack to come back. I am not going to question if it's him or not. I had enough stress (laughs) with Belphegor. I'm like, okay, Jack's back and he's pulling a Khaleesi move. Oh my god. Gold crown for king, eating a heart. (laughs) I'm like, tell me, honey, what you doing? No, Jack, no. I wanted to reach into the screen and be like, not like this. (laughs) Just slap his head. Honey, that's not food. (laughs) Oh, so yeah. yeah. Dun dun dun. Dun dun Eight dun. Eight question marks in a row. <laughs> we return to Alaska, and the Impala is sputtering into the parking lot of Lorleans. Lorleans with a red herring. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hey, 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 Meredith. Hey, Davy. What? What? What's up, bud? We just want to talk. We just want to talk. What? What's up, bud? <laughs> Oh my god, I really hope the red herring is genuinely telling us, like, they got the luck, but they didn't need it. Here's your magic feather, you idiots, but you didn't (laughs) fucking need it. You can fly. Yes, yes, yes. We talked this to death last night, but we needed to make it make sense for us on how... How did we establish this normal problem and then come into this episode and be, it's all luck. 
The luck yeah. of heroes. That that's what what the fuck is the luck of heroes? It's like, babe, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> I never sat and looked at Hercules and go, yeah, that's one lucky bitch. <laughs> so yes, that that magic feather. Did they did they need it or or could they always fly? <laughs> Yeah, like, is this Dorothy in the land of Oz and she always had the ability inside her? She just needed to realize it. Like, are we still on that path or is the conclusion of that path? No, bro, you just need some luck. We'll see. I feel like we're not going to see because of a six and a half week hiatus. Is it really? Squishing my face. Is it really six and a half weeks? Yeah. Oh, February fucking ducks its head down and Supernatural <laughs> lobs across it and lands mid-March. Oh my god. I just yeah. wasn't thinking about it. I refuse to do that math in my head. I'm just like, okay. Time is a, a punishment inflicted upon us according to the way this January was shaping up. Like, you and I have had conversations offline where it's just like, bro, what happened? And like, I sat down with you last night and I'm like, Siri, are there any planets in retrograde? And it goes, no, like you can't use astrology even as an excuse for what's going on. We're sitting in the same zone as Sam and Dean being like, the fuck is happening? (laughs) Somebody do something. (laughs) Where's my pool hall? Yeah. Uh, The times when television is too hashtag relatable. January was rough, guys. It was. Guys. Guys. Like a wrong cloth, man. I'm not standing <laughs> up in too great a shape. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. At our red herring Lurleen. Yes, yes. And we looked it up too. Lurleen means temptress. So, yeah. again, sitting with name meanings in this episode, I'm like, there's layers. Yes, and as as we'll get into, there's a, a lot in this episode that is, you know, the the addiction of gambling. Mm-hmm. The people get drawn into this place, but in the, the end, sunk come out. cost fallacy sinks in. Like yeah. you can't leave until you at least got back and broke even. Yes. Yeah. Let's usher the boys inside here. Yes. We've been dawdling on the doorstep for long enough. <laughs> yes, they uh, r- ramble on in and uh, they go up to the bar and they say, two waters, please. <laughs> <laughs> All we can afford. Yeah, yeah. Sam does have a little aside with Dean. We can't even afford beer, Not much less whatever the buy-in is for this place. Mm-hmm. Dean's just relax. Relax, we're good. They say fair about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they approach Evie at the bar and they ask about how to get in playing a game. And so the staff kind of bouncer guy we saw earlier sits at the books. His name is Pax. He gets kind of called over. And so there's a little conversation briefly with Evie just asking about Leonard you know they heard at the cafe now what happened but she zips quiet about it yeah and so 
with that dead end, it's time to go over to Pax instead. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Pax says, so how'd you guys hear about us? And Dean and Sam say, a friend. And uh, Pax goes through, well, how do we wager here? We wager in luck. Mm-hmm. And so essentially what happens is this coin gets enchanted with your current luck level and you bet on games to increase or decrease depending on the outcome of your pool game. Yeah. And Dean buying in, we find out he has average luck to play with. Eh, sounds about right. And again, I just, I personally struggle with the concept of luck as being a valuable thing, but... I'm going to embrace the discomfort I have with luck and just, okay, this is what we're doing this episode. There is the one pool table here. It is the red felt one. It's the only one that we see used for these games that wager luck. And um, the only thing you don't want is the coin to go blank while you're playing because that means that your luck has run out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause Pax, when he's explaining the rules, when he's selling the game, he says, you win, you, you increase your luck. And Sam is the one to say, and if we lose, Pax, uh, comes in with, uh, you, you play again, have some fun. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Just don't go blank. So he's not really giving the definitive answers that Sam wants. Yeah. But Dean just is going, hey, you know, if I play, if I earn a bunch of luck, can I split it with my brother? And Pax goes like, honey, it's yours to do with as you will. Yeah. Yeah. And Dean looks ready to buy him, but Sam uh, wants to have a conversation about it. Yeah. He wants to pull Dean aside and dissuade him from this. You know, like, this This sounds too good. This isn't something that we want to get in without thinking it through. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Dean is just as confident as he can be. And I like it because he's confident in himself. I, I don't yeah. I don't want to see him fall on his face with it, especially with, you know, their track record, their current track record. But... yeah. Uh, uh, Dean is saying, look, you're better. Th-, he's saying to Sam, you're better than me at a lot of things. And that's okay. I, I, I'm not, I'm not jealous. I'm proud of you. I, I love that, but I can wipe the floor with you when it comes to pool. I can do this. Yeah. He's insisting he's been slugging pool cues since before Sam was born. And we get this great line from Sam about that, where he just goes like, what, between nap time and snack? Like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Sam's so bratty, and I love it. And I really like that you're bringing up that Dean has confidence in his abilities, because last episode we saw the question around the lockpick, and like we sat there with the question, with them being like, is your skill set yours? And like... Doing as many backflips as we could to say, yeah, they are your skills. Chuck didn't have influence in giving you them or taking them away. But when we enter into this episode, we can feel what the normal structure of the story would be, which is Dean is cocky. Dean is confident in a situation when he shouldn't be, and it's going to bite him in the ass. So 
it feels like we're going one way with the story and there's kind of an anticipatory dread around it. Yes, absolutely. When, you know, I, I, I like, Dean, I like your gumption here, but you're making me a little nervous. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because, like you said, this is setting us up to expect a certain, you know, narrative uh, complication, <laughs> let's say. And, like, maybe we wouldn't under we wouldn't expect that complication if it wasn't for what last episode told us like i feel like we fixate so hard on that lockpick conversation because it had our characters raising questions that i think would be fine for the characters to think but for them to sit and say was it even us or was it chuck tells us as the audience to consider, oh, it wasn't them, it was Chuck. Yes. And I don't think we were supposed to do that. We're supposed to have faith that their skills are their skills. And then in this episode, again, have faith. Dean is confident in his skills at pool for good reason. Yeah. I, I'm still expect. I'm still at this point fully expecting a second... Um, Curious case of Dean Winchester when yeah. Dean put it all on the line and then Sam had to come in and, and save his ass. But yeah, because this episode's given us an old flavor of a case, you know, mm-hmm. you are going to this place and it turns out strange and then you're puzzling through it. Yeah, yeah. And I love this episode as a monster of the week. It's... It, I, I I love the the lore that comes up in this episode. I th- like the the concept of the the whole luck wager, and I liked how much uh, Sam and Dean put in on their care for the individuals in the bar, and then how they yeah. wanted to save the innocents here. Um, and and it was just it was a good monster of the week episode my only thing is like when we are again trying to tie it back to last week's episode it's muddy waters yeah definitely because to have a hiatus after this episode and to have this episode sitting here saying the solution to our problem will be to get luck I sit there and again, it's Dorothy and Oz. It's Dumbo with the feather. I want it to be a solution inside of them. And so that muddies the waters, like you're saying. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate implications in we, we were walking a fine line last episode where with that one lockpick conversation that one lockpick question that misstep i think it i think of that as the greatest misstep of the episode um it we 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 kind of veered into invalidating all of sam and dean's accomplishments all of their you know individuality and their personhood their entire their entire history like just yeah. got this big question mark over it and that's dangerous for any story and for any hero yeah so especially when we had the beginning of the season telling us that Chuck is sitting down and building the obstacle course but they're running it themselves yeah and just with that one lockpick conversation we now sit there and go 
oh, so was Chuck also puppeteering them through the maze? Yeah. Like, holy fuck, that, that changes things considerably if that's the case. And again, the narrative gave us that, I think, because we were getting insight to the character's mindset, but we weren't supposed to take from it those implications. But honey, it's television. We saw it and we took it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And and we just, in in this episode, we just had the scene that I think was the lockpick equivalent of the greatest misstep of this episode, which was when Sam and Dean come in and they buy in with their luck and they have that average luck. If we were going to do this, I wanted them to, I, I wanted their luck to be tanked. Well, that's interesting because if, if like I'm sitting there and I'm puzzling through and saying like, if they came in with bad luck, would that be validating that this is a curse and you are indeed unlucky? But with the thought that this is the red herring, you know, that, oh, we're just sitting there with the question of, is this the conclusion to that? Or is this just a pit stop and we haven't reached the final lap? Exactly. I want that answer so bad. And the fact that we have to wait till March to even see if this is a thread that picks up again in the latter half of the show is just like claws at my face. I just want to know, can I I sit you down and just have a chit chat? Like... And and you mentioned last night that there was actually supposed to be originally scheduled one more episode in this block b- uh, before the second large hiatus. There was supposed to be another episode here um, that ultimately got pushed to March. But, but, but was this... Were we supposed to be pulling that thread through to the next episode? Are we still going to be pulling this thread into the next episode? And and we, now we just have to wait six weeks for it. I yeah, that's the question. And I uh. yeah, and I feel like we we can just chase our tails with that all night long because of because we, we just, just don't won't know. know. Yeah, we need time. We just don't know. Because exactly with that average luck coin, um, if this episode is the conclusion of of this storyline, then to have them come in with bad luck, with cursed luck, would have been validation of their assumptions. Uh, uh, yes, of what of what Chuck just did to them, because because this whole thing, this whole hero's journey, and and now this episode, the gamblers, we don't know what Chuck did. the The Winchesters are just trying to puzzle it out themselves. Um, yeah, like did he change the maze, make it more difficult, but they're still running it, or mm-hmm. did he tie their legs together? Now this is a maze with a three legged race involved. Like, where was the hampering? Is it just in circumstance or is it them? You know, yes. is it bad luck? Yes, yes, exactly. And so if they if they did not have bad luck and here they have completely average luck, then that is where I want to see that this is the red herring. This is the, uh, the, the magic feather. Uh, they always just had normal luck 
because you don't need luck to be a hero. Yeah. And we we don't get to know. Yeah, and we don't get to know. Yeah. If only we knew that they had average before they came in. And that was fine. Like, y- you guys have the magic feather. <laughs> anyways. 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 Dog chasing a tail. Yes. We're can, you, can you tell that this is the... Oh. The big takeaway of this episode. <laughs> so many strong feelings around it. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh huh. So, slinging pool cues since he was four years old, allegedly. And <laughs> Dean points out that they need this. This is the one thing that Dean can do better than Sam. So let him play. And I mean, it sounds like you have to take him at face value for that. And Sam's going to accept Dean's decision making. Yeah. And I loved that uh, uh, where Dean said, you know, you're better than me in most things. But, but, you know, I'm proud of you for that. It was just such an awe moment. Such a, such a dad Dean moment. Exactly. It it's the trap again. The dean who raised me, and it's like, yeah, dean's like the kid I raised. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I love it. I I, I really love that. And it's such a nice, it's such a nice distance from the Sam and Dean that we saw in like the middle seasons or the early seasons, where I can't trust you and I need to go off and do my own thing. Like here they are at loggerheads about what to do but they have to trust each other's judgment and even if they don't like the decision they go with it like it's so much growth and i just kiss my fingertips i love it yeah yeah there was another uh uh instance of that you know mutual trust that i'm that comes a little later in the episode but it 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 definitely does highlight like growth they've come so far it's so good. Yeah. Love it. So we have a couple short scenes that come up with Cass. The first one, he is checking, I should say Cass and Jack's storyline. Mm-hmm. We have a couple short scenes for Cass and Jack. The first one is Cass checking out the doctor's office. He is kind of rifling through all the shelves and the examination room. And he finally tears open a padlocked section and I just had my nose. I'm like, Dean would be like, so strong. So strong. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was waiting for Do my, it then. I was waiting for my gap opportunity to be like, so strong. You're so strong. I, I was just barreling through here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was just going to, I was just going to start whispering into the mic and w- wait to see if you notice. So strong. So strong. So we'll just pepper it through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yes, he finds this case that happens to be housing a Gregory's angel blade. And dun dun dun. I Hunter love- Cass has so many chops. Yes, Hunter Ca- Cass has so many chops. I just like to see him in this zone. It's such a good zone. I Yeah, and again, character growth, character growth. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and we have the Gregory back. And I really loved the Gregory episode from season 10. And I thought it was an interesting, like, an- angel concept. And the 
sword is like the coolest prop ever. So it was cool to see that. I haven't seen anything with the Gregor yet. I just got up to season 10 in my watch, not uh-huh. even rewatch. <laughs> but that angel blade, I I had my eyes on that. I was like, that's fucking cool. But I got nothing to add for Gregory. Yeah, I don't really either. It's uh, just that the, the first Gregory episode was a Claire episode. So I'm like all over that. Oh, I get to look forward to that. Yeah. So the next scene after this is a real short one, which is essentially just Jack stalking a person who is carrying a case that looks similar to the one found in Dr. Serial's office. Stalking someone very poorly, Jack. You're not a He's baby. He's baby. <laughs> You're not doing a sneak, okay? When it's just you <laughs> and one other person in a long alley and he's like he is seriously like Pink Panther tiptoe sleuthing across the street there. I'm like it's not even <laughs> dark like <laughs> it's middle of the day. Like, fixated look, I love it. He's baby. <laughs> he, he's baby. So if, if again, that first scene with Jack, if we're supposed to be questioning if it's him, I'm like, honey, no, I got no questions. <laughs> like, just, my questions are, Jack, what are you doing? Jack, what are you doing? My notes just say, he's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not good at it, Jack. Yeah, and we will see soon enough what that means for him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we go back to uh, Laureen's, and we have Dean and Sam, and then Dean does a bad. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dean is just knocking balls around on the pool table, (laughs) and he's waiting for a serious game to begin. And then he just starts, like, loudly bemoaning, like, oh, I must be so bad. (laughs) Honey. Dean, you you would think this is your first time, but I I did I did love it where he's like, well, let's chum the waters a little bit, and he does a oh, I'm I must be rusty, Sammy, and then he looks over at the bar, and everyone's just like, don't make eye contact, don't don't no. <laughs> <laughs> but this woman at the bar, she takes she takes pity on him. Yeah, she knocks back her shot, and she goes to play him. Yes. And in the meantime, Sam goes again to chat with Evie as Dean plays. Yes. Yes. And again, like, I really did like that Sam wasn't hovering at that game. He was just like, okay, Dean's going to do that. Sam's going to go over here. And I don't know. I just liked it. (laughs) Yeah. It's he is not adding pressure to Dean with his presence. Like, Okay, I I trust you to play this woman. Mm-hmm. I'll go and do more of what I'm worried about because I'm not worried about you. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to do some investigating here where he goes to the bar and he is probing Evie for for answers for what this might be. He goes through his, so, smell any uh, rotten eggs lately? How about, how about any weird bundles oh lying around? Oh, <laughs> I'm like, this goes back to Sam with his puppy dog face not working on Brad last episode. Like, Sam has lost all ability to be subtle. Like, have you seen any hex bags around? Like, he might as well have said that with the line of questioning that he's offering. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. It's, it, 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 
but but then again, like every single time they have to ask these questions, they look so pained because I think that they just there's not a good way to ask, honestly. Yeah, like I know I'm gonna ping weird, but here we go. <laughs> yeah. Jump in head first. And Evie's kind of scoffing at it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's just saying, like, okay, you're you're new here. You're trying to figure things out, but honey, like you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And then she gives him a little lesson on gambling addiction, I guess. Because she's saying... Yeah, sunk cost fallacy again. (laughs) uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. She tells us about Moira, who Dean is playing, and and she's still here, so I guess her sister's still in a coma. And... And then Sam says, so wait, she's playing to wake her up? And Evie says, well, everyone wants something. Take that guy. Yeah. He, he came in from Atlanta City, not a penny in his pocket. And what about that woman? She's got two kids and two jobs, and she's still here. And, and she's saying that it's a cycle, and people get stuck because they win, but then they lose, and in the end, you're 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 just gonna end up in the pit, in the hole. Yeah, like these people get hot streaks, but then they play until it sours, and like th- they never quit while they're ahead, and yes. so they gotta come back and try and repeat the cycle again. Yes, yes, and and they should have walked away. They just they should have walked away. Yeah. And we're getting a sense, too, that Evie is maybe one of these people that should have walked. Yeah. It it feels like she's talking from experience and issuing a warning. Yeah. Because she's definitely, like, affirming for Sam all of Sam's doubts. She's not there selling the place as, this is great, this is wonderful, you should definitely play. Like, she's not here in a trickster role. She's in a cautionary role of... Yeah, everyone here wants something, but you gotta know when to walk away, and a lot of us don't. Yeah, yeah. But by the time this conversation wraps up, so has Dean's game against Moira. Um, He's won, and she just kind of curses, because her coin has gone just that little bit dimmer. Yes. And Dean's has gotten a bit more defined. Mm Mm-hmm. I always wondered, like, as these coins are gaining or losing definition, I was like, could you imagine this coin as being, like, a pristine quarter, like, all the edges gorgeous and everything? Like, could someone ever play to that level, or was there just the, it's it's defined or it's not? I, I don't know. I, I, I sit there and just have shiny visuals, and I'm like, oh, pretty. <laughs> well, I think that actually if you look at the coin that Sam and Dean get at the end of the game, at the the episode, it uh it is even more defined than what we had seen before. It it looks oh, I it really looks a little like different. That. Yeah. I like it as like, it's qualitative, but it still has an idea to it. Like, okay, I am getting low, or no, I'm doing great. Yeah, no, this was really a really interesting little, you know, concept. Yeah, this mechanic here. Yeah, was really I liked cool. it. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. It was a very cool mechanic. So it was a good idea. It it awakens the inner dragon in me where I'm just like, oh, shiny coins. Yes, yes, good. <laughs> yes, good. So we have a brief scene where we have Jack who tiptoes his way into this steamy warehouse and he's look, checking his corners, but he gets jumped from behind by the uh, Gregory who puts his sword to Jack's neck and says, why have you been following me? And then we get a dun dun dun. Yeah. So Jack's not a very good predator no. here. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. He gets caught pretty quickly by his prey. Exactly. Yeah. And, and but we come back to Laureen's, and this is Dean's ooh shiny moment because Dean swaggers up to the bar, sits down next to his brother, and says, "Hey, I'm on a roll. Look at this." Yeah. That when they convene, Sam doesn't feel the same confidence that Dean has. He wants them to cut their losses and bail because places like this, he says, they are built to suck you in and like play you till you lose and die. That temptress again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Dean listens to his brother's concerns here and he's like, okay, we need to do min max for risk versus reward. Mm -hmm. So, and then here's where I was talking at the top of the episode of The Hustler with Paul Newman. He's using that as the example of what they need to do. Yeah, we need a fast Eddie. And Sam's just, a what, a what, a what now? The Hustler, man. Dad's favorite. And we need to find our Jackie Gleason. We need to, to f- get a high roller and lure him in. Yeah. It's like, this moment, it kind of broke my heart a little bit because we have Dean sitting here and there's such nostalgia you can feel around this movie and also John's appreciation for it and also that they used it for a hustle in Tallahassee at some undetermined time in the past. But Sam's sitting here going, I have like 404 footage not found whatever the fuck you're talking about i don't have this relationship with it and so it just kind of made me sad to see this of dean again kind of the hero worship of his dad's preferences coming back because we kind of left john when we left season 14 yeah we we closed that door um I I that's I said it then and I and I think that we're still there where uh John is not that shadow over Sam and Dean that he was before and here it's it it, it is bringing back that like old Dean Winchester a little bit where we get that hero worship yeah but we're also having one of those moments where it, we know that Dean puts so much weight on family and the good moments, the good that he, that he's had. And, and to have Sam, uh, have one of those, like, I I don't know. I, I, I don't put the same weight on this as, as you do. It doesn't, it's, that's, that's not my yeah. happy place. And like, this is not a connection we have. Yeah. Ah, yes. And this is not a connection that we have. Yeah. But yeah, long story short of it is they're going to look for a high roller and they're going to clean them out. And 
kind of cue that cowboy Joey Six that we saw at the beginning of this episode. Yes. Our Jackie Gleason. So we kind of cut into this very serious game that's going on. And the cowboy is like, oh, what's your name? And Dean's like, I'm Dean Winchester and I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and and he a asked, little more insight into uh, Joey, too. Yeah, yeah. Dean asks, and what kind of name is Joey Six? And Joey says, eh, just a little something left over from my days with the PBR, the professional bull riding circuit. And Dean's like, oh, a real cowboy. How is that? And Dean is, you know, getting getting Joey talking a little bit. And they are, but, but Joey doesn't seem to be, you know, letting Dean distract him. This is a cutthroat game here. Yes. And so when Dean misses his eight ball shot, um, Joey takes his and it ends up lining up this really shitty shot for Dean where there is a striped ball between the cue and the eight ball. Yes. And Dean gives Joey a look like, okay. And then he lines up to make this shot and Joey cuts in real quick to say double or nothing, double or nothing. You'll miss the shot. Yeah. And so Dean, it it doesn't look like he's eager about it, but he accepts it. And then Jensen fucking Ackles makes the cue ball skip over the striped ball and sink the eight into the corner. And I can't believe that this isn't VFX. (laughs) I rewound. I I watched this shot 18 times. (laughs) Literally 18 times. (laughs) I'm like... This fucker tap dances. This fucker does like whatever he wants. He just, okay, Jensen, we need you to be able to do a backflip. He's like, I guess I haven't done that before. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about that fight scene from episode four. Like, oh my God, Jensen. Oh my God. This, he's so talented. And as much as like, I don't want to see Dean go away. I'm very excited to see what Jensen does. He's so talented. talented. I I want to see him like winning Oscars or whatever. Like I, award shows are a fucking scam. Blah blah blah. But I want to see him get recognition for his talent and his dedication to the craft. I just wonder if he's going to be like a a Michael Sheen who's going to be acting at at sixty seventy. I just. Oh my god, could you imagine? I don't I'd know. be so soft. I'd be so soft. Because <laughs> I'm like, if he tried out for Captain America or he tried out for Star-Lord, like, he's looking at these things. He's looking at the opportunities. So, I, just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll take a little break, but I, I want really good things for him in whatever he enjoys best. Yeah. Because... The fucking dedication he has given to this show. And, like, let, we know what Supernatural is. Like, it's it's not winning Golden Globes or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. it's good, and he elevates it to a level that maybe it doesn't even deserve. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, th- 
the actors made this show and yeah and are continue to as you said just elevate it to yeah to like a level the longevity that... of the show is dead it is because of the people yeah like yeah. and oh yeah. yeah oh my god yeah and i yes i did just have my finger hovering over that reverse 10 seconds button to watch the shot over <laughs> again and again and again but really what what i loved about this was that dean did hustle the hustler because yeah. we saw dean he w- when he lined up for the shot he had his pull cue up that he wanted to skip it and um but the angle was all wrong like it was it it wasn't going to it wasn't going to go where he needed mm. to go he, he I love basically it. he had it angled at like a fucking 80 degrees when he needed it at 60 and as soon as he took that bet, he lined it up just how it needed to be, and he skipped that shot. No problem. I love it. Like, Remy, I'm so glad that you're here as, like, the pool guru, because, <laughs> like, even when we were in Vancouver, and, like, you put the buy-in for the table at Donnie's bar, and I'm, like, trying desperately to play against you, but also I fucking suck, and I know <laughs> Oh, I suck, and I know it, too. You're better, though. Like, Mariah and I combined into a team of cheaters, and <laughs> we're still like, okay, honey, like, it's, it's, I'm still beating you. And we're like, yeah, we know it. We're using our hands at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I w- <laughs> but I love, though, that you can look at that and be like, yeah, he hustled him. And I'm like, oh, my God, the details. Stick my leggy out. Right. The bait was real. He lined up that shot all wrong. And then Joey, when he saw that, he hopped in to say, double or nothing, you're going to miss the shot. And and then and then Dean hustled the hustler. The bait. It was a it was it was an intentional bait. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Meredith. Yeah. Hey, Davey. I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Damn, we love it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And so initially the onlookers cheer because holy shit, this shot, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there with them. But then we look to the coins and we see that Joey's coin goes blank. Yeah, the room gets quiet. And yes. Joey, unlike what we saw with Leonard, you know, he's he's a consummate professional here. Uh, yeah, he bows out gracefully. Yes, yes. He takes his coin and he exits stage left and... um. Sam and Dean have kind of a they share a look like oh shit like this oh there's consequences yes now we get to see those consequences and yeah yeah sorry I'm just I'm thinking about what gambling is and Sam and Dean they know how to hustle they know how to play the game and it's not a pretty pastime. You're, you are, you know, taking from people and just inherent in gambling, it's likely that you're taking more than what people should be putting on the table, you know, but they do. Yeah. And, and then, and then you win and, yeah. 
I don't know. You have to harden yourself to that fact that you are, yeah. you know, you're taking from people. But yeah, this this win might make you break even, but it might break the person you're playing. Yeah. But that's gambling. <laughs> so I'm just put in a position where it's like it's tough to see my heroes doing this morally gray thing. Yeah. So and maybe not even realizing the cost because the first game that Dean plays, Moira still has luck. Yeah. But this game, he cleans out this guy that he came to like while playing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, Joey leaves the bar, but Sam and Dean, they go out to, uh, to, to, to check in to see what what's happened what has happened we don't know yeah because joey sits outside and he's panting heavily and he's pining for what he's saying is his last cigarette and he's still amicable as he's talking to them but he says that he has cancer he won himself another year out here playing but he's now at the point his luck's out and just basically let him die in peace yeah yeah and i did really love that where um joey can say hey that was a good game i guess you can't hustle a hustler and they're having an amicable conversation but but yeah it joey has cancer he his luck's run out he got himself some time but this is these are the consequences these are the consequences and and i still struggle with the sharing luck concept that we made a point of bringing in to the story but then didn't do anything with so yeah i kind of touched base with this with natalie on twitter where I said, like, this was one thing that morality-wise was kind of bothering me because Uh we have our heroes being told that they are the stuff of legends. You know, you guys have the old-school morality of wanting to save people, and yet we very blatantly had them empty the luck out of this character that they liked, and then this character died. And just, like, how do we bring these two things together when we only have 40 minutes in an episode? And Natalie helped me see that, well, Sam and Dean just, like, they are reacting in the moment. They don't really have a lot of time to think about this or necessarily look at solutions. But more than that, this is a natural death. This is a person who is ill and is going out on their terms. He's not going and saying, like, can you just spare me a little luck? Can you do that? Help me get back in. He is sitting down and he's like, I've been waiting for this cigarette. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's where I was where it is a tough thing to see someone lose it all. Yes. But Joey here, he knew that he was just buying time for one. But yes. 
also for Sam and Dean, there there's not there's not really much they can they can do. And this serves to motivate them to you know to be confronted with the real consequences if this is what serves to motivate them even more so than before on we need to do something about this this is yeah we need to save people the rest of the people here yeah we had evie saying like basically they're doing it to themselves but as sam said these places don't exist for no reason and now we i mean we're we're very much saying that there are huge consequences to these games and yeah. supernatural consequences so yeah and like sam and dean weren't feeling them until now because just a moment ago they were like we got to find a high roller we got to maximize our profits minimize our risks and then just get yeah. out of here and joey here serves to go oh shit like i liked this guy and here is the cost of letting this continue to go and just walking away yeah yeah and sam wants to stay and figure it out dean is actually saying here like let's go yeah i'm sorry for the guy but we did what we set out to do so it's time to leave yes yeah but but uh, Sam says I I need a little bit longer because we got to figure this out. Yeah, he doesn't want to leave the other players to their fate, and mm-hmm. maybe he doubts. Well, I shouldn't say maybe he does doubt that they even have enough luck to go up against Chuck now. Like, how is two games going to be sufficient? How do we even know? And so dean goes okay well you need time i can at least test that using baby i mean she is the barometer that we've been using so far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's see if i can take a driver on the block yeah and dean goes for a drive yeah so we're leaving them on that kind of tense note of what the hell are they gonna do yeah so back in oklahoma Cass and the sheriff Jeb Evans have finally come face to face and they are at that warehouse where we saw Jack fail at being a predator and (laughs) we are kind of going over how a witness nearby saw Jack with a guy with a sword. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, our suspect got in altercation with somebody, uh, somebody with a sword, and looks like he got to use it too because there's some blood on the floor. Uh, yeah. And Cass is saying, "Well, are there any abandoned buildings nearby? Anywhere likely that they may have gone?" And uh, Jeb is running through some warehouses, some old houses and a church and Cass says where's the church yeah because he knows that these are the Gregory so yeah and it's only two blocks away so Cass is already getting on the way there and Jeb calls after him being like hey like I asked you here for answers and Cass is just kind of like bitch I can't give any yet (laughs) yeah yeah, me too bro yeah well good thing we're in the same boat huh (laughs) Cass is saying um 
Jeb asks for answers and Cass is saying, I intend to find them. And he and he goes off because Cass has seen Jack, but does not know what's happening. This is huge. This is yeah. huge. Yeah. And like he won't find answers until he finds Jack. So yes. Yeah. Sit tight, hon. You are in the long line of people just waiting to see what the fuck is going on. Uh-huh. But I think this was an opportunity for Cass to have a little badass moment with uh like he with the warehouse and the trench coat and and he's got his heroine who calls out wait <laughs> oh but what are you going to do and then Cass gets to say i'm going to find my answers puts his sunglasses on and an explosion goes on in the background swoops his trench coat to the side and strides away (laughs) i love this take on it rather than bitch me too (laughs) (laughs) again when Cass is in this zone i'm like yes yes be my agent beyonce and yeah. kill it and kill it so except for the little backwards badge you tried hun you tried oh yeah we had to have him do that again uh-huh. bless i recently took up crocheting and and i have this little blanket here that has some tassels on the end and i find myself like slip stitching with my fingers this fuck- <laughs> these fucking tassels <laughs> You're like, it's going to look entirely different by the end of the episode. (laughs) It's practice. It's good, yeah. I have, like, a hole in the blanket on my lap, but there's two pieces of string that seem very obviously like they would connect, but these strings need to be woven between the two (laughs) sides of the hole in order for it to be operational. And it's just taking all of my strength of will to not just tie the two ends together and then be like, I fixed it. You didn't jack shit. You need, you need a threading needle. I need you here crocheting. (laughs) I'll, I'll hop on the first transom. Uh, the first train <laughs> it might well, be faster than air transport out here. <laughs> i'll come to the rescue well thank you mm-hmm. i'll pack the blanket up for the next convention <laughs> we are back at laureline's I am f- literally from mississippi and i can't say it as well as you I, I the name has me fixated. I'm like this isn't this can't be a name. There's not a person out there with this name. But I, it has a name on like babymeanings.com. So. <laughs> okay, sorry. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm just like no. this bitch has a better country accent than I do. Hey, if it's any consolation, I am from like country area it's just canada so i don't know how it shapes up it's not southern but we are very like the bible belt-esque area of canada uh-huh yeah the bible belt equivalent uh-huh i just i finished that whole speech i'm like that means fucking nothing <laughs> i just finished saying it's not southern but and then i'm like wait a tick that was the whole point <laughs> 
I, I, I follow. I follow you. All right. Okay. Thank you. Sam is interviewing the other gamblers, but it's to no avail. Like, a- Evie herself is saying, none of them are going anywhere. Like, you're not going to convince these guys to quit. They are addicted. Yes. Yes. And, but uh, Sam pings on that. None of us are going anywhere. And he, and he says, wait, are you, are you trapped here? It, are, are they? And Evie just kind of looks squirrely. She just, she, she doesn't answer that. Yeah. And Dean comes back at this point. He's going, nope, it doesn't work. The car died we still don't have enough juice to go up against Chuck. And because of that, I guess Sam does some mental math. Like he knows fortune physics and can sit there and go, well, Joey won like the last 40 or so games. Like he won enough luck to win him another year. And we were supposed to win that luck when we beat him, but we can't even get the car to putt-putt-putter. So something's not adding up here. Luck is going missing. And if where the heck is it going? Yeah, yeah. What if someone's skimming off the top? What if there is a house at play? The house is taking their cut. Yeah. And one thing that I, again, just subtlety in acting, um, when Dean came back in, he was like, yep, I couldn't even get out of the parking lot. It didn't work. Uh, I think you're right. This coin just doesn't have enough juice. And Dean is casting a look, already scoping out the next game. He is looking out over the pool <laughs> tables. And he's, we just had a conversation between Sam and Evie on how, again, how this is just, uh, these people are compelled to keep playing. And, and then we had Dean who, who comes in after just having fucking killed a guy. (laughs) Sorry, Dean, but... (laughs) I'm like, Joey's still, like, dead on the outside of the patio. (laughs) He pulls up the Impala right in front and is like, don't think about it. Don't look at it. Come inside. (laughs) But but you saying that, I'm, like, getting shivers thinking about it. Because I didn't even think of it in terms of that for Dean. Like, coming in and looking for his next game. Like, the whole scenario these people are caught in has caught Dean just... He has his brother there to also be like, wait a tick. Like, there's a problem here. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I, I definitely do think that that was what, that was the intention there. Because Dean says, yeah, this coin doesn't have en- enough juice. And he is looking out for his next game. Uh, but Sam says, well, wait, but does that make sense? And then we have the the conversation about why it doesn't make sense, and and Dean says so. So the house is you know taking their cut, and Sam says no. I think she is, she being Fortuna, the 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 deity that is on the coin depicted on this ancient coin. 
yeah, on this coin, it says, like, Fortuna's name on it. And Sam is like, that's ringing a bell because this is the Roman goddess of luck. So ring-a-ding-ding, we got a bunch of lines. Now, all of a sudden, like, we've, we're connecting to some dots here and it's yeah. drawing a pretty obvious picture. Yeah. What if it's not a witch? What if it's not a demon? What if it's a goddess? And so they go turn right away to Evie. Like, hey girl, we have more questions. And she doesn't really have answers for them. She can't leave because she lost all her luck, but she got a deal that she works here. And she doesn't know who runs it, but she does know that Pax is the owner's kid. Like, if you have questions, go ask Pax. Yes, yes. Evie does not want to rock the boat. And we see that she is afraid. For good reason, she tells her story. Her luck is out. And Evie is only still alive because she lets her be. She being, you know, Fortuna. Uh, That is Evie confirming what the Winchesters are suspecting. And Evie says, talk to Pax, her son. Meaningful look. TM, TM, TM. I went and was looking up what Pax is, like Latin to English. And Pax means peace, but it also can mean like truce or calmness. So I'm just like curious. He's there to keep the balance. I went looking for Pax as the the son of Fortuna. Um, and I could not find it. Uh, I couldn't find that lore, that story, though I'm sure it's derivative of some true, some true thing. Um, because even Fortuna later, she gives a little bit more like information. Pax's father was human. He so Pax is a demigod himself. But in looking into Fortuna's lore, um. I, I I couldn't find exactly Pax's story, but uh, I I was a little sad about that. Hmm. Yeah, I just was going off of the Latin translations. And what was on the coin again? Was it Atrox Fortuna? Yes, Atrox Fortuna. Yeah, and that translates to cruel fate. Ooh. So, and again, the name Mora that was given. That name also translates to destiny, fate. Like, she is here. Like, okay, galaxy brain, we're talking about red herrings. We're talking about Lurleen being temptress. And then the names for Moira and Fortuna here, all pointing to fate and like, life sucks, life's a dick. Yeah. So they've come to this place looking for outside help. They're looking for some way to beat Chuck. But all they've come to is like fate is cruel. And she's very life's a bitch, then you die in her own personality. Yeah. I have fucking in the span of one 45 minute episode, I have this whole fucking lore built up in my head around Fortuna because what Evie said earlier about Mora's sister must still be in a coma. Uh, and then we have Pax, her son, and we have, uh, Fortuna later saying, I'm old. I hold a grudge and life's a bitch. Then you die. And for her to be cruel fate or, um, 
yeah, or are vindictive in her fortune. Now, Fortuna's sister is Nemesis, who is retribution, divine retribution. And Nemesis's role was always to kind of keep her sister in check on her, like, great fortunes that she was granting. I love this. <laughs> and, like, I'm tying this into what we're going to hear of, like, Fortuna explaining how the gods came to be when there is a capital G-O-D. And just the thought that, like, retribution is gone. Like, the yes. balance between these elements are is missing. And Chuck is still enacting his will as superior to all of these gods that were created who were supposedly in charge of these things. Oh, it's fascinating. Yes, yes. And uh, to, yes, to have Nemesis, to have her sister missing or, you know, gone, forgotten, maybe. What is a coma? You know, what, what, yeah. what, what does that mean? What does that mean for a god? For a god. And in uh, Roman and Greek myth, uh, Fortuna and Nemesis are very commonly depicted together because they were very commonly considered to be uh, two, two weight sides on the of scale. the same coin. Yes, yeah. Screams, <laughs> Meredith, Kimmy, Meredith, <laughs> chat. Let's just talk, Davy. Hello, holy, like. I'm I'm loving this episode more and more and like <laughs> retroactively looking at our after talk and being like, girl, have faith. But also like you 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 can be angry about luck being the solution right now. But like, oh my god. It's like you were saying, as a monster of the week, this is a fucking fantastic episode. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought the fucking myth to the table. Like, clenches and... my titty. <laughs> and we haven't even met Fortuna yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm fine. So, 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 uh, we uh, have a quick scene with Jack and the Gregory number two uh, at this church. I called him uh -huh. knockoff Zachary Quinto 2.0. Oh my god, I literally have in my notes, this guy sounds like Zachary Quinto and looks like Dollar Store Ryan Reynolds. So, Oh what my is god! <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I I was having crazy flashbacks. I was like, we've seen this man before. <laughs> Knock off Zach Zachary Quinto 2.0. Yes. They are yes. at the church, and knockoff Zachary Quinto 2.0 has his uh, torture fun bag. He pulls out a straight razor, like, ooh, so edgy, dude. And, yeah. and he is trying to intimidate Jack. And he is, and he's trying to figure out why Jack has been hunting and killing his kind, his brothers. Mm -hmm. And but Jack is keeping his silence. And he's also asking why Jack isn't fighting back. Like, how come you aren't using your powers? Like, I know yes. what you are. I know how powerful you are. So why aren't you using them? And like, we're getting those tantalizing questions. And again, I'm like, buddy, we need answers. 
I just want answers. <laughs> I like that knockoff Zachary Quinto 2.0 uh, is pulling out his little torture tools, but he he also um, brought Jack a little uh, uh, kneeler for his comfort. Mm-hmm. Like one of the little... I was like, it's a mini pew. <laughs> it's a mini pew. <laughs> I've been in a church, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> we we have Jack uh tie his hands and feet are tied but he is kneeling in the middle of the aisle on a a kneeler so yeah it, and it, I, I'm sitting some... here like puts on my sunglasses cinnamon topography but like metaphors we have Jack in the house of God a house that has been abandoned and here is an angel who's been positioned on earth who is now interrogating him and I'm just like I could write you a Tumblr post probably <laughs> it's not necessary but just think about it Tw- what? That's it. what 2012 Tumblr yeah 2012 Tumblr I, I'm going crazy on that. Sam and Dean approach Pax, and they are like, "Yo, where's your mom?" At? <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. No, Sam. Hey, uh, Pax, can I ask you a question? <sighs> Dean has a knife to his neck, and yeah. then, hey, where's your mom? <laughs> <laughs> and out steps Moira. Yes. Yes! I love her. <laughs> when she steps out, they immediately accuse her of skimming off the top. And yeah. they're saying they want that luck she's taken back or Pax dies. And she's like, oh, yeah, you probably could kill him. I mean, his dad was human, but I can always make more sons. And Pax is kind of like, what? Pax is, Mom? <laughs> I love it though. Like I just I, know. I love ruthless ladies. Yes. Yes. Ugh, my I'm sorry, my like cosmic beings boner is just <laughs> Ooh. And I I do love the layer that we see from her because she just is like, oh whatever, I can make more kids. And so Dean releases Pax because obviously he's yeah. not leverage. And then she's basically immediately like, sorry, baby. Like she <laughs> has such a poker face and she is playing people on so many levels and they don't even realize it. And like right off the bat, we're seeing quote unquote Moira. And then even when she sheds that disguise, she is still poker face playing them. Yes. Yes. I love that because she does seem very unconcerned with Pax. And I actually kind of read it as her being a bit two-faced when once Pax is out of immediate danger. And then even when we come down to, okay, let's make a wager. uh, uh, Fortuna gets a little ruthless and says, you threatened my baby. Like, fuck you. You don't get anything from me. And then I'm like, but you just wait, but you said, but I love that reading that there, that she, she knew what she was doing and she knew how to play the Winchesters. Yeah. Because Dean's the one with the knife against Pax's throat. And what Moira says right away here, she 
they're, they're going, we want to play another game. She's like, no, I already played against you, Dean. I got a read off of you. And you know what you are? You're a beach read. You're sexy, but skimmable. <laughs> so what I take from that is that when she plays you, she you lose your poker face. She knows exactly what you're like. And so, okay, you're holding a knife against my kid's throat. I know you're not going to do it. So fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love her. <laughs> I know. I just she's so this is good. so good. Yes, and I love that little banter between uh, her and Dean, where she says a beach read, sexy but skimmable, and Dean a beach read lady. I'm Tolstoy. This whole part, I like didn't understand i had to put on closed captions because it's like beach yes. tree beach tree what's this <laughs> like i turned into an old lady that just <laughs> is confused by the story and then tolstoy comes in i'm like okay all i know is to be confused when i hear tolstoy so <laughs> yeah i love dean being like bitch i know shit and like <laughs> you don't know me See, on the first watch, I just assumed that Beach Tree was a author that I don't know, like Tolstoy. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, we have we have intellects here." Yeah, yeah, above me. But yeah, fucking good. I love when Dean gets like a good comeback and one that highlights the fact that he is intelligent and he is book smart and he does know what an Achilles heel is. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Little salt over my shoulder. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, Fortuna is not interested in playing Dean again, but she is interested in playing Sam, much to Dean's dismay. Yes, this one, she says, might be interesting. And this is that moment that I I alluded to earlier where, um, you know, as much as they might hate what's happening, there is so much growth in Sam and Dean's relationship because Dean immediately knee-jerk says, no, no, no. Dean is that stay away from my brother, bitch. Yeah, stay away from the kid I raised. Yes, yes. Uh, But Sam brings himself up and he says, fine, yeah, I'll do it. And and Dean just trust him. There was a time when Dean would put his foot down and say, no fucking way. Because he would... uh, Not not trust Sam, but he would do anything to to not risk sam not risk sam but here we have just this understanding that they are each their own men who can make their own choices and and uh, uh, sam is not just the kid that dean raised yes that he has to protect at all costs sam is an equal and it's a much more like level footing between them and i really appreciate it yes it's the issa ray gif of her hand opening and she goes growth (laughs) growth yes yeah, Sam agrees to play, but he's not going to just play for luck. He says, well, I'm playing for the lives of everyone in here. 
but Fortuna refuses. She goes, no, if you win, I'll give you your luck. But if you lose, I take your lives. Yeah, yeah. And that's where Dean's like, what? What? This has escalated quickly. (laughs) But Fortuna says, you threatened my baby. What? An example needs to be made. Yes. And I'm just there cheering. I'm like, go, girl, go. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. We're back with Jack uh, at the church. And um, we got some more Foley for you, B. Yes, yes. We have some juicy slicing <laughs> happening on Jack. I'm like, an impromptu tracheotomy? Question mark? Question mark? And Jack is straining against his bindings, but he remains silent, at least until the cutting is done. Mm -hmm. And Jack is kind of taunting the Grigori to say, you can't kill me. And And then the Grigori is saying, well, no, but I can make you suffer for killing the last of my kind. Ah, yes. Yeah. And you eat their hearts. What the fuck? Like, yeah, what the Zach fuck? Zach 2.0 is just like, uh, I want answers. Yes, yes. My brothers, you killed my brothers. You ate their hearts. And and this is only fair. Yeah. And like, why is still his lingering question? And mm-hmm. Jack kind of goes into it. He points out that the doctor fed on his patient's souls. And you, Zach 2.0, you feed on children. And that kind of stills him. And he's like, who told you that? Like, how do you know that? And here we get me clenching my titties again. (laughs) Death. Death told me. Yes. And it puts the fear in this Grigori. Yep. And then, boom, out pops Cass. And there's a quick fight with the Grigori, but he kills him. And this leaves just Cass and Jack, and they are both breathing heavily. Cass drops his blade. He approaches Jack, unties him, and pulls him to his feet. And then into a full body hug. Yes! Reunited and it feels so good. Bless. (laughs) Yeah. I... I'm like 100% Cass here. Like, he, I'm assuming he's eavesdropped on this. It's like, okay, you were killing them. You were eating their hearts. Oh, but they were bad. Okay, honey, like, come on in. What did they do to you, sweetheart? Like, that. I'm fine with this. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I mean, still, it is a question. What the fuck you doing, Jack? What's up? Yeah, yeah. But but we do we do know that Cass doesn't care. You know, Cass loves Jack unconditionally. And, well, okay, I shouldn't say that. Cass has always had faith in Jack. And Cass trusts that if this really is Jack, then then he's not going to be jumping to the worst conclusions. Even if he sees his kid chowing down on angel hearts. Cass is always going to give Jack the benefit of the doubt. And there's also the layer that Cass feels he's failed Jack. And yeah. 
And it's weighed heavily on him that Jack died. And we saw how hard it was for him to kill Belphegor in Jack's body. And here Jack is like, is this a second chance? Is this hope that Cass can feel that there is something that he can do to redeem the outcome that Jack underwent? Yeah. In episode nine, The Trap, uh, we had Cass say, I live with that guilt every day in regards to Jack. Uh, he, he, he is weighted down by this. Yeah, so it's not just that he has faith and optimism when it comes to Jack, but he also has grief. And so it's very cathartic for him to see Jack here mm-hmm. under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Cass, I think, would just take any opportunity to have Jack back because even when Jack was deemed soulless and irredeemable, he was still sitting down with Jack and saying, we're going to go find a place. It'll just be us and we will work so that you can be better. Like, yeah. I feel like there's not really a level to Jack where Cass will sit and say, no, that's it. I can't be faith driven with this kid anymore yeah i i i was reluctant to say Cass loves jack unconditionally because because i i can't say that because we haven't seen jack elevate to a level of irredeemable acts that would really challenge Cass to And irredeemable morality, even, um, that would push uh, Cass to to question his faith. Because his faith is... And love. It's not even faith. uh, Yeah. Yeah. We're we're skimming over the fact that he loves Jack. Yeah. As a son. It's a lot. It's a it's a lot of feels and and even though he's eating angel hearts. <laughs> I'm like, baby, just do what you gotta do. These are our hurdles that I'm projecting onto Cass. <laughs> but yeah. We have a hug. It's a good hug. Yes. And then we have a pool game. Uh-huh. It's a good pool game. Holy fuck yes. Again, yeah. cinnamon topography. Yeah. We kick off the game. Uh, Sam is taking his shots. He sinks two on the break, and 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 he is putting in a few more balls. And it's so hard. It's so hard to say pool things without. He's banging some balls. He's sinking some balls. And shuffling some balls. Uh, Moira. Uh, opens up well let's call her fortuna now fortuna opens up the conversation to say so why do you need this look so bad anyways you having girl problems liver failure giving dean a side eye and also like for the third time this episode dean is like a stop picking on me (laughs) well i i thought this was so interesting that this was Atrox Fortuna's approach to them. She looks at yeah. Sam and goes, girlfriend problems? Like, yeah. Eileen's left. They have distance between them. Yeah. And, th- like, Eileen left. 
Sam has stress around that fact. And so Fortuna is like, maybe this is my opening with you. But the fact that she looks at Dean and is like liver failure, I'm like, oh no, we have lactate. That's all we're worrying about. Like, yeah, don't do this to me. Don't make me have this stress. <laughs> so, so, oh man, oh man. So my question then would be, is she seeing something in Dean and picking at that? Or I'm getting is, real close to the microphone. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or is she preying on Sam's, what's keeping Sam up at night with, you know, you know, Dean's lactose intolerant. What, what else? Uh, what else are the, what are the implications of all of this? So. I, I definitely sit that she was targeting at Dean because they yeah. came as a front against her son and then dean was the one who wanted to play but she picked sam so to me she is looking directly at each of them and being like i'm staring into your soul and guess what buddy it's not a great future down like atrox fortuna cruel fate like that's what she's doing oh no it's okay we're gonna get back to the bunker and then Cass can take one look at dean and be like what the fuck did you do I know. Cass just, like, <laughs> finger boop. Okay, you gotta be good. You gotta be good. You gotta be good. <laughs> We're just gonna top up your liver every six months. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm stressed. It's fine. It's it's cool. It's cool. But to Fortuna's question of why do you need this luck, uh, Sam says, "It we need the luck because we were cursed by God. And then Dean, like, leans in, literally. (laughs) No, no, like, the real God. But in between here, this is where we had Fortuna's line, one of my favorite lines from her, where she says, life's a bitch, then you die. She thinks they're being, you know, hyperbolic. But... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And And But then she throws out that line that's like, this is her philosophy. Nothing matters! And she's also a bit of, like, misery loves company. She mm-hmm. says, like, welcome to the club. God fucked you over. Well, get in line, buddy. There's a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah. Because when Dean said, no, like, the gods, you know, little squirrely motherfucker. <laughs> she's like, oh, shit, I know that one. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well, you and me both, buddy. And then it's mythology time. Yeah, as you said, misery loves company. Fortuna says, yeah, we'll join the club. And we get her and all the gods' origin story, and I am living for it. Yes. She says, God created the world, but do you know who created gods? Well, you did. Sort of. You being man, because when you first crawled down from your trees, she says, you didn't worship God. You worshipped the earth. You worshipped the stars. You worshipped, you know, nature and life. Yeah, things you could see. Yes, yes. But in doing so, God birthed us. And then, yeah, because he... He first 
was pissy that he wasn't getting the recognition. But then he recognized the value in having a scapegoat, essentially. Yes. You guys want to worship the sun, the rain, the stars, the womb? Okay, well, here's your gods for each of those things, and you get to hold them accountable for it, it yes. not me. Yes, yes. Why, Sam and Dean ask? And the why is to take the blame. Plus, we made for epic stories. Yes. And I, I loved that because it's like, the implications that every single, like, Cain and Abel, Isaac and Abraham, the gods and 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 all of their mythology, all of their mythology, I was going to say relationship fuckery, but <laughs> <laughs> that's mostly Zeus, you're thinking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All of their mythology are are these epic stories, and God has always had his favorites. Mm-hmm. And a hankering for stories. Yes, and that is so interesting to me. But if Chuck's ego could only take that for so long, you know, giving away his worship or... What he perceives as his credit. Yes, yes. Or having these stories that, you know, he is not the the hero of. And she essentially rounds it out that Chuck, God, hides behind whatever is the most recognized religion of the day while mm-hmm. leaving the rest of the gods to their scraps. And, like, a lot of gods are forgotten, but Moira's an old one. Like, Fortuna will not be forgotten. Yes. Yes, and she's stubborn, and she holds a grudge. Oh, I love thinking of the nemesis thing with this, too. Yes. When she says, I hold a grudge, that was like, what has she lost? Mm-hmm. And, and, and what is she fighting for? It's just so interesting to think of, like, yeah. if retribution has been lost like how that fits into our overarching story for season 15 oh okay write me the tumblr post (laughs) that's your post mine is and the gregory was in the church and the lighting means this (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure someone's already wrote it that's that's how that works right I, I just assumed that we just someone assume, else has yeah. Yeah, done the work for me. Yeah. But through Internet, all of this, but through all of this, we've had a couple back and forths with, you know, the, the, the game. They're playing the game this whole time. And, mm-hmm. but it's Sam that sinks the eight ball and Sam comes out the victor. And I loved Fortuna here who says, you little minx, you got me talking. Yes. She has an appreciation for them. Like they hustled the hustler. You they hustled the hustler. Yeah. And she's having fun and it is interesting. She said she turned to Sam and said, "You, you might be interesting." I'm like, I just get the feeling that this is the most fun that she's had all century. Yeah, because Luralines, she's set up as just a place where she's quietly skimming from the top. She doesn't interact with people really besides to get a read from them and then maybe just have an idea of how much she should skim. Yeah. But here she is and she's like, oh, well, what can you do? And 
so it goes and Dean goes, no, like, we're going to fight God. And she goes, well, what yes. are you going to do when you lose? And Sam is the one. And I love the timing. of it. He goes, we lose swinging and sinks the eight ball with that. Like, the confidence it takes to go and say, we are up against insurmountable odds, but we will not back down. Yeah. I really dig it. Yeah. And again, the directing in this is really great where in the writing where Sam says, well, we go down swinging and then he sinks that eight ball. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah. And like Fortuna saying, you're good. And Sam going, I learned it from my brother. Like there's so much, again, growth. A united front as well. Yes. Against these insurmountable odds. And despite the differences that they have, they are still able to sit as a united front with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And Fortuna here, she hops in and we're like, okay, that, okay, well, how about we make it interesting? Let's go again. I want to go again. Yeah, I don't have to square up. If you guys are going to fight God, then I'll give you an extra boost. You know, the luck of heroes. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna be the hero, if you're gonna fight God, then you're gonna need the luck of heroes. Hercules, uh, Gilgamesh, I I I helped them all, and I can help you too. How about we go one more time? Double or yep. nothing. There's the catch. Yes, and that phrase right there, the double or nothing. That's what Dean catches on. He's like, that's that's what killed Joey. That's how Joey died, and. Evie steps in closer too, and I think Sam is looking to her when he goes, deal. But it's not for more luck. It's for these people to go free. Yes. And Fortuna says, honey, I'm not stopping them. They can go if they want. And this does kind of put to rest the, the question that Sam and Dean and maybe even the patrons of this bar had, which is, what's keeping me here? Can I yeah. leave? Maybe, Am I cursed to come back? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Evie, when Sam asks the question, uh, are, are you trapped here? Or is everyone Maybe Evie didn't answer, not because she was afraid to, but because she honestly didn't know. She she feels trapped here. Yeah, and there is layers to being trapped of the mindset is there. Like, that's what Sam's pinging on. These people are trapped here. And she's going, well, literally, no. But, like, Sam's looking at that figurative. Let yes. these people go. Release this addiction, essentially, that you've caught them under. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all in the negative, And they are, are feeling, you know, that compulsion to, you know, just one more game. Just one more game. I can get back to where I was. And, but, like, says it for the eighth time. Yeah. Sunk fallacy cost. Yes, yes. And Sam says, give them back the luck you stole. Put them back to even and free them from the pit that they dug themselves into. So Yes. And not only that, but close up shop when you're done. Yes. And 
again with with Fortuna's like nihilism slash I would, I would, yeah, nihilism. Well, yeah, but also like she, she's a goddess, right? Yes, and, and she's also uh, kind of like elevating Sam and Dean to like we are above this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I like that. She's saying, "Why do you care about these losers? They're nothing. They, they don't matter." She says, and. And the reason why I'm including Sam and Dean on this is because I I do feel that Fortuna is bringing in Sam and Dean on this, mm-hmm. bringing them above the quote unquote normies. But we had Dean say literally the same thing earlier in this episode, where Sam was expressing a concern for these people and dean was saying no we just gotta go we're up against god we don't have time to worry about all this yeah and as you're saying that it's making me think of at the start of this season when they sam and dean were struggling so large with the big picture of like we need to stop the ghost apocalypse and they weren't really looking or prioritizing yeah the people of the city yeah and it's this kind of trap that they can get stuck in where they're fixating on this larger goal of stopping Chuck. But it's these elements that are falling to the wayside. It's like, no, remind yourself. These are the things that make you human. These are the things that are important. This is what you're fighting for. Not just yourself, but for the greater good. Yes. Yes. And we see in this episode that Sam and Dean are are inspiring heroes. Sam and Dean remind Fortuna that that there are heroes in the world and they can go up against gods and they do fight for people. Yeah, heroes exist. There are people who look at insurmountable challenges and say, I'm still going to try. Yeah. They said it regarding how they want to fight Chuck, even if, you know, we're going to go down swinging. And here they are with Fortuna again and saying that you you might think these people mean nothing, but they matter to me. They matter to us. Yeah. Like, they keep on going and saying even though it's an uphill battle, we're still going to go and fight. Yes. And we can be better. We can be good. Yes. And then with that in mind, it's like they, it's like Fortuna just gets this comment. She goes, okay, yeah, I agree to this game. Yeah. So they've laid out the terms, but Moira, Fortuna, she's the one who breaks the rack and she just proceeds to wipe the table out. Yeah, she she runs the table. Um, it, and it, it, it's, again, Leonard, that first scene. Come on, Joey, give me a chance. Mm-hmm. But Just one shot. Yeah, no, Sam has no chance. And she just coolly and confidently sweeps the table. 
And she sinks the eight ball and she says, guys, you challenged Lady Luck in her own joint. What did you think was going to happen? And just the feeling as this game was going on, the defeat that was settling in, because there was such a hope from the onlookers initially, like, we're getting a chance, but it wasn't a real chance. As Fortuna said, like, you're playing a game that is stacked against you. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? And Dean saying, well, we had to try. And Fortuna going, well, that was stupid. Like, it it's going to tie into the message that she gives them at the end of this episode. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Let's get there. Let's get there. Let's get yes. there. Yes. I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, the game's over. Sam and Dean leave, and they're just bummed. And yeah. they're like, well, we still have a case here. We'll loop around. We'll find Wi-Fi. We'll find out what kills the goddess of fortune. And we are going to save these people one way or another. Yeah. We can't just leave. We're going to continue to fight. Yeah. But it turns out they don't have to leave because behind them, Evie and the others step outside and it, it it kind of feels like staring up at the sun, blinking at sunlight. Like, what uh-huh. year is this? Like, uh-huh. But um, Evie has a message from Fortuna and she's shutting down because of them. And it just is kind of this message about heroes. Yeah. The, the question is, again, why? She shut it down. She, we're not trapped figuratively or literally anymore and um and the why is because of you sam and dean she said that she didn't think that your kind existed anymore heroes yeah yeah thought heroes had gone extinct but they are hearkening back to the old days and like maybe the favorable days that fortuna can think of yeah and her other message is don't play his game make him play yours and i didn't think about it this way but you're right and that this was her teaching them a lesson because they came in and played her game and she she continually set the terms they would say we want to do this and she goes no you're doing this and then they go okay Yes. And, oh my god, I'm just, my mind, my mind is going in 80 different directions because I love that. That she was telling them, like, use this as an example. Don't play by his rules. Make him play your game. You set the rules. Because she says, what did you expect? Yeah, you came into my house where I set the terms and I played the game and I beat you. Like, and yeah. just them going, well, we had to try it. Like, it's them grasping at straws again. And she's like, bitch, like, don't go on the rails. He's fed you. Pick yes. your own fucking path. Yes, yes, yes. She's She's telling them and showing them, like, that was stupid. You're doing it wrong. She respects their 
their I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Sorry, I fed it right to you. <laughs> she respects their attitude. She respects their. I, I I can't think of a word. I'm thinking of a word and I can't find it. Tenacity. I, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. She. I, she. I was gonna say gumption again. <laughs> And there's a stinger. So. <laughs> she, she respects their tenacity, but she still has to show them. She has to guide them somehow because she sees that they're on this path to destruction because they've got the right idea, but they're not doing it right. Yeah. They are thinking inside the box uh-huh. when really they need to go and say, we're setting our own terms. We have to make him come to our turf. Yes. I didn't even catch that parallel the first time. and I literally just caught it while we were talking. <laughs> and it is good. It's really good. It's great. I, I, I'm... I'm so glad that we, like, poured out the salt shakers last night so that we could come into this episode and be like, let's look at it, because it is fucking good. Guys, for anyone on Patreon, uh, we, 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 we were having a time. Our opinions were valid, but they were very biased. <laughs> we, and, and we were still, like, really really caught up in last week's episode and weren't able to sit down with google translate to be like oh fuck this is what names (laughs) mean (laughs) there's so much there's so much but yeah if you want to listen to us talk for an hour about mundane versus luck Uh (laughs) yeah it's there yeah i had thoughts Oh my god. <laughs> we were both sitting there and just like, here's a passionate addendum Coda. to the addendum. <laughs> Does anyone want to hear us posit some Coda ideas? We could write mm-hmm. some extra fic. Uh, uh, we? We? Is that a we in there? <laughs> it's not even a me in there. Let's be <laughs> real. <laughs> so... Sam and Dean get their magic feather. Yes. Evie has the coin, a luck imbued coin that Sam and Dean both handle and it glows, which apparently gives them the luck of heroes each. It's fucking Michael's secret stuff, okay? Like, she hands them a coin, it glows in Sam's hand. Dean's like, ooh, gimme. And then and then he takes it, and then they're like, okay, let's go. Let's go try it out. And yeah, climb into baby, rev the engine, it sounds healthy, and Dean's like, sounds legit. And then they just go home. <laughs> I I still maintain that it is fucking Michael's secret stuff. They They just, I don't know what Chuck did. But I cannot believe that luck is the truth in that, is the resolution. I, I, like, 
detest luck. As much as you can sit there and argue that there is luck. You can sit two people down in similar circumstances and one succeeds where the other one fails. And you go, what? what's the difference? And it's just a shorthand that you can use to describe the difference. But to say you need luck in order to beat God. I'm like, fuck that. The whole story is about our characters gaining their own skills. The whole blood, sweat, tears are all our own. And I'm like, that's what I value. Not let's flip a coin and see how it plays out. Yeah. I, I did think about that and I don't know what to think about that where the first line in the recap was our blood, sweat, and tears. Those were ours. Our skills are ours. We earn them. And yeah. and then to uh, to have this entire episode that seems to, in a way, invalidate that sentiment. Um, was it a narrative misstep, or was it a reassurance that? No, we're gonna, we're gonna, like, this is not what our characters think it is. There's something bigger in play here. It's, it's Lurlene and the red herring. Yeah. I would hope. I, 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 I have faith because the idea that this is the solution to get them back to the level playing field they were at before. I'm like, meh. I want it to be the realization in themselves. I want it to be them going, no, you used to make the obstacle course and you made a challenging one for us now, but we're not running it. We're making you come to us. That's like, That's what I want, and I want to have faith that this luck thing was more about the lesson of get off the rails, make him come to you, yeah. than it was. And now you've got a hero buff. Yes. Burrow through those walls. Make your own path. Exactly. I want that to be the ultimate lesson of this episode, not... And you guys got your magic feather. Yeah. Yeah. Not a hero buff. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm saying want, 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 because it really is going to depend on how the next couple episodes play out, whether the next one cements in that, no, this is the new status quo and luck fixed that problem. Uh Or if we're going in and finding out that it's a placebo effect or something to that effect. Like- We'll have to wait and see. As much as I detest waiting to see. (laughs) (laughs) As we said at the top of this episode, like, I don't want, I don't want to wait six weeks, but that's where we're at. And we're chasing our tails again. We just don't know. Okay. Yes. Final scene? Yes. Yes. So we are at the bunker and Dean is scratching lotto tickets and there's no Powerball wins, but the car is working. Their credit cards are back and Dean can eat two double cheese, double bacon cheeseburgers without getting heartburn. So overall, they've got a win. And he feels so accomplished by... He's like, 
Thank God. <laughs> that was beautiful. What a feat. I really liked it. It was just a lot of joy back mm-hmm. in their steps. Yeah, yeah. But And they do feel that they are back to situation normal. Yes. And as they enter the library, they see Cass at the other end of it. But Cass is quite somber and it Mm -hmm. trips their concern as well. Yeah. And Dean says, what, Cass? And Sam, Cass, are you you okay? And And Jack emerges. Surprise! Jack emerges from a column. I think I I figure he's been standing there for a while and he just was waiting for the moment. It's trepidation. Like the somberness we're feeling from Cass yeah. is really nervousness of how is this going to go down? Because the last time y'all's was in a room together, <laughs> Dean had a gun on Jack who was kneeling and Sam screaming, stop. Like it was tense. Yeah. So yeah. how is this reunion going to play? Yes, exactly. And the last time that they really talked, we had Jack shut in a box. So, oh fuck. Yeah, yes. it didn't it didn't exactly go super smoothly. Super great. And it is trepidation and and you know, we feel that some relationships have been mended in the interim, you know, such as Dean and Cass or Sam expressing like genuine regret over what happened with Jack but that's different from what's happening right here and that they're actually you know being confronted with Jack again yes but Sam just moves to Jack as if afraid that if he touches him, he won't be real, but then pulls him into another one of those big hugs. Mm-hmm. Just so happy that he's back. Yeah. And then Dean comes over and grabs Jack by the back of the neck and just looks him in the eyes. And he's looking for something. I don't know what, but he looks to Cass for reassurances, for yeah. confirmation, even that this that this is okay exactly like again it was between sam and dean it was dean who was harboring the most motivation to lock jack away to get him off the board in some manner and it was a lot of pain because of his Mm -hmm. mother's death And so I think the look here is like, do I see remorse? Do I see, like, who do I see when I'm looking at Jack? Yeah. And he can't really decide. So he goes to Cass and takes Cass's judgment. And it's an almost imperceptible change in Cass's expression, but it's enough to reassure Dean. Yeah, and I'm thinking uh, uh, of the trap and mm-hmm. Dean lancing that wound that was his his anger and then really trying to reflect on that and then grow. I I was thinking of the trap too because... That was the mending 
yes. that took place between Cass and Dean regarding their differing opinions and like the the fight that came out because of Mary's death. And yeah. they found common ground and it just it feels so tenuous in this moment. Because mm. all it would take was Dean to go, fuck this, and they'd be back at square one. So I feel yeah. in that look to Cass, it is also like our friendship, our relationship is more valuable than my anger in this moment or what my yes. anger could be. Could, yeah, so I was I was thinking of the anger, like it, all of that anger that Dean was misdirecting to to Cass was about Mary's death, Mary's death that Jack was directly responsible for. So, so Dean was really driven by anger in his actions towards Jack, obviously, an anger that could just as easily resurface here but it seems to be a conscious effort that dean is putting in like he is trying to recover from it and and there's there's that side of it but also i absolutely agree with you that Cass is so afraid in this moment Jack is afraid in this moment of how Sam and Dean will react. And it's that tenuous reconciliation that Dean and Cass have reached. And and it could very easily be just totally overturned in this moment. So, So this is Dean cementing his his apology if i want to say that yeah yeah this is dean putting away his anger for the sake of his family yeah yeah definitely for both jack and cass yeah yes so wow that was a lot more than i thought we were gonna have to say about honestly i'm Um, like it was a look and cast it mm, with his mouth. And I'm like, but wait a second, because we did not spend half a season with Dina and Cass angry at each other over what Jack has done yeah. for nothing. And yeah. like this moment carries a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This is our not for nothing moment. Oh. Yeah. It's good. So they're at. There, I'm like, I'm frightened of staying in this moment. I'm like, I need to move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Final scene. We're at the war table and Sam and Dean are getting a recap of what Cass and Jack basically went through. Yeah. And man, Sam says, wait, you, you ate their hearts? And then Dean, Cass, and you let him? And mm-hmm. I'm just imagining this knockoff Zachary Quinto 2.0, and d- 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 Jack was just like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do the, th- I gotta do yeah. the thing. I can't, Cass. I can't leave yet. I, I got a snack, <laughs> or and even Cass worse, taking it as a snack on the road. Oh my god, I'm still so why? Yeah, 
We didn't get a a why. And the only reason that I'm so why is because we didn't get a satisfactory why. Yeah. We got a buttload of questions. And then I'm like, when does the shoe drop? Where's the answers? (laughs) And and I don't feel good about six and a half weeks to wait for it. That's, That's not a... It doesn't fit quite right. And... Is really just because, and we haven't really talked about Jack's demeanor yet. Mm-hmm. But we have this episode, and we know it's Jack, but Jack's actions and even Jack's mannerisms are are just raising questions. He's very reserved. He is quiet and. Maybe it's just that he's more mature, but it's, he's, he's baby, but he's not baby. Yeah, yeah. And for this to be the return of Jack, me as the viewer, I'm just feeling like, I don't know. Like I've been waiting for this for ten months, and and now I'm like, well, well, but but wait, what? But wait, yeah, where's Jack? Why do I, I gotta wait another six weeks. Yeah, for potentially more. I still feel very where's Jack, which yeah. is not really where I want to be here. Yeah, but especially when Jack is in the episode. Yeah. He's right there, but is he really? But. Yeah, I did like, though, that Dean looked to Cass's judgment. Like, you let him, and Cass was just, yeah. And then, okay, like, that's put away. That's not an argument. Mm-hmm. There, in this episode, there's so much judgment calls being made by characters and then having the other characters respect it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And we get from Jack um, a little bit about what the fuck is going on. Because Jack says, like, yes, I had to eat the heart because I need to get stronger. And and I have to hide myself and my powers because if God uh, were to sense me, then he would try to kill me. And, and I, I, I wanted to come home, but I couldn't put you in danger again, because if God knows I'm here, then he'll try to kill me. He's afraid of me, Jack says. And it's also not just to keep them safe, but like he couldn't come home or use his powers. He had to wait until God went off world. Yeah. And so if he's not in their universe or whatever, he's not paying close attention. So then Jack could slip out from where Billy was keeping him safe in the empty. And Jack can start enacting this plan that Billy has to basically power him up to a sufficient level where he can kill God. Yeah, yeah. If I follow Billy's plan exactly, I can get strong enough to kill God. And that is the dun-dun-dun we are left on. Yeah, yeah. And that's another question, though, right? Where we have Jack here saying, 
to kill God, but we were just told that we cannot kill God because we have to keep the balance of the world so we can't kill God. Now, is this going to be a workaround to that? Or, well, of, of course it's going to be a workaround to that. But on on the first on the first watch i was like but i thought we couldn't do that wait yeah, that's just it we learned in the trap that there's this balance between darkness and light and if you remove god from the equation then darkness wins so is that a lie or do they yeah. have a counter solution to that yeah. An Indiana Jones style swap of Ooh. God with Jack. Ooh. Yeah. Dun, dun, that's dun. what I'm that's what I'm leaning towards. But to to end on I'm going to kill God. I I don't think that that's meant to be like a but we just said that we couldn't do that. So what? Yeah. It's supposed to be a I have a plan. How? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what we get from Jack this episode is like, what is the cost of enacting this plan? Because it, again, maybe reading too deep into it, but it doesn't seem like Jack is bearing it well. I, I agree, actually. What is the cost? Because, I mean, I have in all caps, two, two exclamation points, uh, this is just the beginning of what? Mm-hmm. Because we have Jack, who is our protagonist, and we don't like our protagonist doing morally great things, but sometimes needs must. Mm-hmm. A- and, and if we're going to have this chaotic, good Jack, then how far is it going to go? Yes. Exactly. That's where my nervousness is. Because if I follow Billy's plan to the T, we'll be able to kill God. Well, what's Billy's plan? What are the steps? How far is this going to go? Are we going to find the limit to Cass's unconditional love for Jack? Oh, way to turn it back on me, B. Oh, I... I'm not going to speculate off of leaked images from filming, but <laughs> I guess the long short I'm going to say is I'm always nervous about Cass's deal with the empty. Uh-huh. We're running out of time with that, and then having Jack brought back into the equation just complicates Cass's emotional state. Plus, uh, this is our... Uh, this is our tipping point into the second half of the season. This is yeah. episode 11. So. Screams. <sighs> we have so crested, crested that roller coaster and we're racing down to to the final hour. Yeah. We'll see dun, dun, dun. where it goes. Dun, dun, dun. We'll see where it goes six and a half weeks from now. It'll be fine. I I'm I'm personally like January, you bastard. I need the breather. So, I mean, honestly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh uh huh. Final takeaways. Yes, final takeaways. Remy, what's your final takeaway? 
uh, B, do you have a takeaway? Because I'm still formulating mine. I, okay. Uh, there's, for me, it's either question marks, like the biggest, boldest, italicized question marks around Billy uh-huh. and the plan there. Or it is the biggest, boldest, italicized exclamation mark over top of don't run his race, run yours. <laughs> Fortuna's final message there. Well, well, my final takeaway, I love those, uh, but my final takeaway is a, a little bit more selfish in that I just, I just really love the guide lore here that we're getting yes and like meredith does so well with this we saw last season episode eight byzantium the way she brought anubis in with the heaven lore and like the weighing of the feather became the abacus and like it just it gives respect to the roles of the pantheons within this universe and enriches the tapestry so much. Yeah. And as Fortuna said, many gods are forgotten, but we see with Hammer of the Gods, with Anubis, with a, a number of other pantheons, uh, we see that these gods are still finding ways to to keep themselves relevant. Yes. They find ways to survive. Yes, they find ways to survive. And we built a lot of lore and we built up our canon with with this episode. I just have a thousand thoughts about the the world building and it is intricate and well done world building. And yes. And we we already have such a rich well of of lore for supernatural, and f- to be introducing something new in season fifteen, and to have it answer questions from season five, Hammer yeah. of the Gods, to to flesh out territory that has always felt a little lacking or a little too yeah. dimensional within the show, and to go no here is a rich involved answer for you. Yes, yes, that, God that bless. I'm very happy with. Yeah. God bless. Yeah. So, A plus, Meredith, we love you. And Davy. Davy, I assume you are involved in this too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, B, <laughs> a ringing endorsement. Uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, I like that. <laughs> Which is apparently my new way of saying that's my final takeaway. <laughs> I like the thing. Me likey. So yeah, I guess that is our season 15, episode 11, The Gamblers. Hot takes. Wait, you weren't going to pick one? I told you my choices. That- <laughs> yeah, but you didn't elaborate on them at all. That's I'm okay. Like, yeah, where I'm at is I'm like dog chasing tail motion inside my head can't do it please refer to the last two plus hours of conversation oh i I, you don't even know how often i want to be like but i but i talked about it (laughs) 
Yeah, I gotta I, talk about more things. There, there's so many hanging questions about what Billy's plans are, but yeah. I like the fact that we had a god, like a higher caliber person in the universe, go and say, "Fight this thing on your own terms." Like, I love it. Who, who, yeah, yeah, has taught them a lesson and is providing a a bit of a guiding hand with a, yeah. with a practical lesson, I should say. Yeah. Someone that can recognize the power scale of God and go, well, yeah. here's something you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And who recognizes the power scale of God and can say, well, you obviously need some assistance here. Yeah. And he won't be expecting this. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. That was the episode, guys. guys. Yeah. That was uh, season 14. It's 14. That. Always one off. <laughs> yeah. That was season 15, episode 11, The Gamblers. And next week. I'm like, tune I- in. A lifetime from now (laughs) for season 15, episode 12, Galaxy Brain. And insert date here. That week, we will be (laughs) watching Galaxy Brain. I feel like Baron's heard me complaining. (laughs) I was like, hey, Remy, just one thing to tick you off. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So. Guys, usual run. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, usually when we do our sign off here, we're at patreon.com slash no chick flick podcast, question mark? Question mark, question mark, question mark? If not, we're at slash no chick flick moments. I mean, we're not hard to find. We're on Twitter. We're on Tumblr. We have an email. We love to talk to you guys. <laughs> we love to see you guys. We love your rating and review inning. Remy, do you saving, feel better now? I, I'm not saving you from this. <laughs> okay. And we just love to see you guys out there and active and enjoying the show in a space that we can see. So thank you guys. Yeah. What V said. <laughs> yes we appreciate you guys forever and always thank you thank you guys see see you i was gonna say next week see you next episode (laughs) yeah bye bye